0: This feast day, at its very core, is a call to worship. Why? Because this manifestation of the glory of the Son of God is unseen except at this point in the gospel. For how many years? 32 years. 32 years it took before we could see a sign like this of the divinity of Christ. So let's kind of take this in again. So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his most intimate core of disciples. And he leads them up a mountaintop. And there he is transfigured. His face shines like the sun, his his clothing becomes white as light, and they're stunned. And then, by the way, next to him appears Moses and Elijah, forefather of the prophets, father of the law. Absolutely insane. And Peter, with the classic foot and mouth syndrome that he's known for, says, Hey, this is great. Let's just stay here. I got three tents. Why don't I set them up? Freshly arrived from Cabela's. Let's just set them up right here. But the tents aren't just dwelling places. He says, Tents, because they are tabernacles. They are meant to be sacrificed in. Peter, by means of grace, sees divinity and wants to worship. And then a cloud descends from on high, the Shekinah, the glory cloud that led the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt into the Promised Land. And then finally the voice, which was heard only once before, says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's the question, what are we listening for? Just some moral codes or anything like that? You know, Jesus tells us what to do when we follow what he does? Well, no, actually. Get the answer, we have to go back a few verses. Jesus tells his disciples At Caesarea Philippi, behold, the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests, the scribes, and the Pharisees, and they will judge him, and they will beat him, and they will hand him over to Gentiles, whereby he will be what? He will be scourged. He will be beaten. He will be maligned. He will be made to carry a cross and he will die. But on the third day, he will raise and he will rise from the dead. You see, a lot of people missed that last portion. So did the disciples. So, what did Peter do? Again, foot and mouth syndrome. God forbid! God forbid that you should die. And Peter receives this rebuke from Jesus who says, as he turns his back, get behind me, Satan. You're thinking as men do, not as God does. Why? Because the entire purpose of Christ's coming was to undo the fall, to enter into the jaws of death, to release us from death. Entire purpose. And Peter dares to say, God forbid that you should accomplish that for which you came to do. So now fast-forwarding into the transfiguration. The Father says, listen to him. Why? Because he will overcome death. This transfiguration is a mere foretaste, a mere sliver of the power that Christ has. And for 32 years, he denied himself it. For 32 years, he didn't receive this overwhelming glory. And when he relaxes for just a moment, the transfiguration does something insane. Namely, cosmically, the entirety of creation is changed in an instant. The dead are raised to life and his body becomes something that will be ours, God willing, at the end of time. What do I mean by that? When Christ transfigured the reality of, the, of what was going on, he could not feel pain and he could not die in that moment. The transfiguration glorified his body in a way. remember when we say in the creed, I believe in the resurrection of the dead? Well, that's not merely just like I believe our souls are gonna kind of float off into the ether for the rest of eternity. No, Catholics believe that at the end of time, our bodies will be raised from the dead